Thank you for listening to the Zaner Ministries podcast with evangelist Nick Zaner. To stay connected, check us out on Instagram, Facebook, or at zanerministries.com. Now, here's evangelist Nick. Well, a couple of announcements before uh, we get into this. This end of this month, or beginning of March, I should say, March 1st, we're kicking off Revival in Lufkin, Texas. Holy Ghost and Fire Services. Please be in prayer for these meetings. This is a supernatural Holy Ghost uh, setup. Amen. I don't know how else to put it. And the Lord put us together here, and we're going to be preaching there every single night, believing God for miracles and an outreach on the 2nd of March in the afternoon. It's going to be powerful. And then also, the ladies who are hopping on, if you are a young adult of the ages of 18 to 30, my wife is doing a conference, uh, one, one of many that I believe she's going to do this year in Jesus' name. It's going to be the Lioness Arise Encounter. At Kingdom Life Center Church here in Orfield, PA. That's not far from Allentown, and it's going to be a powerful uh, time. And uh, you can register there with the link on the bottom of the screen. And then also, my Pennsylvania family, we're going to be back at the Great Glory to Glory Church. Amen. We're going to be with Pastor Saul Hicks, and uh, it's going to be powerful in Cutstown. And so make sure. You save the date, March 17th, <clears throat> excuse me, 11 a.m. and 6 p.m. Come expect a miracle. Come on, the Bible says the expectation of the righteous shall not be cut off. What you expect is what you will receive. And that's why uh, we feel like the Lord is leading us to uh, contend for miracles on that day. So we're expecting people to come in and say, you know what, I'm going to believe God for my miracle. And if you can't attend, you're out of state, you say, you know what, I can't come for one day, I get that. You can watch online and you can still be a part of the services. And so just plan to attend uh, one of the two services, either virtually or in person. Amen. Before we get into this, we have a video for Lufkin I want you to see, and then I'm going to preach. So go ahead and roll it. I'm running my race to win. I'm not running to lose. I'm running to win. And in 2024, you're going to run to win like you never ran before. You're going to see victory after victory after victory. You're on God's team, and God's team is undefeated. God's team is going from glory to glory, from faith to faith, from strength to strength. Jesus died, and then he asked the Father to send another helper, the Holy Ghost, one who would come and abide with you, and he will be in you. He's given you the Spirit of God. You know the advantage you have with the Holy Ghost right now? You have more on the inside of you than any of the great billionaires in the world. You have God Almighty living in you. You're called to something greater, and as you get that hunger and that thirst, and you put those things into action, watch how God will begin to take you up, 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 up. Hallelujah. Texas shall be saved. I want you to type that in the comments. Texas shall be saved in Jesus' name. Amen. Hello, Nida. Thanks for joining us. Hallelujah. Well, I want to get into tonight's message. I didn't want to call it part two because it's not, it is part two, but it also is a subject in and of itself. As you can see from the title of tonight's message, it is, Are You Really Called to Do Something for God? So this is the point right here where I say, you know what, grab your pens, your papers, take some notes, your iPad, your iPhone, get ready, uh, because a pen and a piece of paper never forget, and as you take notes, you can reflect and you can think about uh, what's being said and you can digest it better. So the title is, Are You Really Called? to do something for God. Now, I want you to go with me in your Bible to Psalm chapter 23, which is where we um, started last, on Tuesday, I should say. We started on Tuesday. And I want to I read this again because this is going to be a foundation scripture uh, for tonight as well. Because to understand the call of God 
you need to know his voice. You need to know the shepherd. See, the shepherd, we're going to talk a lot about Jesus. I think, is it okay to talk about Jesus tonight? <laughs> you know, I feel strongly um, like, like the, uh, the great evangelist Philip in the Bible. The Bible says, Philip preached Christ unto the people, and then many miracles and signs and wonders were done. And so I want to, I want to talk a little bit about Jesus because he is the one who calls. He is the one who equips. He is the one uh, who leads. He's the one um, who is uh, speaking, and then the Holy Spirit is delivering the message. And so let's listen to this here. Psalm 23. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. So the Lord is your shepherd. He makes you lie down, or me lie down, in green pastures. He leads me beside still waters. He restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. Even though I walk through the valley of the shadow of death, I will fear no evil. For you are with me. Your rod and your staff, they comfort me. You prepare a table before me in the presence of my enemies. You anoint my head with oil. My cup overflows. Surely goodness and mercy shall follow me all the days of my life. And I shall dwell in the house of the Lord forever. I love that psalm. So look at this. The Lord is my shepherd. I shall not want. He makes me lay down in green pastures. And then it goes on to say, he restores my soul. He leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. That's the verse I want you to focus on, highlight it, underline it. Psalm 23, verse 3. He, he leads me in paths of righteousness for his name's sake. When we talk about the call of God, we're not talking about zealous ambition for yourself. We're not talking about the call of God where it's all about you, the biggest business you can ever build, uh, the biggest name you can make for yourself. The call of God is all about God. <laughs> the call of God is all about what God has purpose for you to do here on the earth. And it's important to understand the voice of God and hearing God's voice, which is what we talked about on Tuesday, so you can understand the call of God. They go hand in hand. If you're going to discover, the call of God is discovered. You should type that in the comments and write that down. The call of God is discovered. When it, we, Because it's always there, but through relationship with God, through your communication with Him, He's going to begin to reveal what He's purposed for you to do here on the earth. So the question then is the title, are you really called to do something for God? The answer is yes, but what is it? You know, everyone is called to do something. Everyone. Everyone is called to build His kingdom, like Don just said in the comments. Everyone is called to take a position. Now, I'm going to get into this tonight. Not everyone is called to be a minister. Not everyone's called to be an evangelist. Not everyone's called to stand in a pulpit and pastor a church. I mean, my goodness, if every single person in the church was called to preach, what would everyone else do? <laughs> everyone would be preaching and every, no one else would be doing anything. No, we, there are specific calls to do that, but everyone is called to do something. There's a, you, have to, uh, you have to understand that there is a purpose on your life, and it's through relationship with God and God revealing to you those things in which he's called you to do. Now, go with me to Jeremiah, the first chapter, and I'm going to start in verse 4 and go to verse 10 for my note takers. And this is this book of the Bible. Jeremiah is called, we know he's a prophet. He, he's, it's one of the books of the Bible. He's a prophet of God. But this is the moment where he was called. He was confirmed. His purpose was relayed from God to him about what he was meant to do on the earth. And this can help us. We can glean from this because God is going to call you, whether, you, whether you've been called, maybe you know you're called. I know many of you watching, I know who you are. You know you're called. You, you've, I've talked to you. We've talked about it. Great. But there's others who are still trying to discover, what am I supposed to do on the earth? And then 
I'm going to talk about how every single position is just as important as the other. I mean, just because you're called to be a, an evangelist doesn't make you more important than someone else. We all are important. We all must fulfill our call. We all must do what God is telling us to do. If we all do one thing, which is what he's telling us to do, many things will get done. Can you say amen? So let's read this together. The Bible says in verse 4 of Jeremiah chapter 1, it says, Then the word of the Lord came to me, saying, Before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you and ordained you a prophet to the nation. So first off, I want to pause right there. Before you were even formed in your mother's womb, God knew who you were. Do you understand that? I mean, that is powerful. We could, we could camp on that all day. Before you were even formed, God knew you. If he knew you, then he knew what you could do for him. He was forming you. And then it says, before you were born, you're sanctified. Now, we know he's talking specifically to Jeremiah, but the Bible says he's no respecter of persons. So why, how can we look at this as Jeremiah's call and say, how, how can that relate to me, Nick? I'll tell you because God's no respecter of persons and the Holy Spirit inspired the writer to put this in here so we can glean from this. And then it says, before you were born, I sanctified you. I ordained you a prophet to the nations." So that part right there, I ordained you as a prophet to the nations. That's specific to Jeremiah. Now, some people are called to be prophets. Um, I think a lot of people are who claim to be prophets aren't, but that's just my opinion. There are real, true prophets that uh, I've met and seen in, in person and in action, um, but I'll leave it at that. I'm not, I'm not, I'm not even going to go down that. But regardless, you're ordained by God to do something. Let's continue reading. And then it says, Ah, Lord, this is Jeremiah responding, Behold, I cannot speak, for I am a youth. So he began to make excuses that he couldn't be a prophet. But the Lord said to him, Do not say, I am a youth, for you shall go to all whom I send you, and whatever I command you, you shall speak. Do not be afraid of their faces, for I am with you to deliver you, says the Lord. Then the Lord put forth his hand and touched my mouth. And the Lord said to me, Behold, I have put my words in your mouth. See, I have you this day set over you the nations and over the kingdoms to root out, to pull down, to destroy, to throw down, to build, and to plant. That's the call of God for Jeremiah. And I want to pull some truths out of this so you can understand the call of God. Now, how do you see the correlation? The Lord said unto Jeremiah, God will speak to you what you're meant to do and called to do. Now, there's some other indicators that I'm going to talk about tonight that will help you discover the call of God on your life. But the number one thing you got to have if you're going to fulfill the true call of God is a relationship with God. That's the number one point. You must have a relationship with God, a genuine one, one that is through spending time in the Word, like I talked about on the last broadcast, taking time to pray. I mean, that's what it's, you know, when I get many people, but especially me, when I started out, it didn't, it wasn't about me trying to be a preacher or anything. I discovered the call of God and I'll talk about my testimony a little bit tonight, but I, I just, I discovered it through just a relationship with God before I was even anything online, talking to anybody, preaching, even on the sidewalks. I had a relationship with God, spending time with him, praying, spending time going to church, spending time reading the Bible, doing the basics. We have to, like um, the evangelist said about an hour ago, we have to get back to the basics of, of relationship with God. We have to. We have to spend time with him. So he's having a communication with God because he, uh, he, he has a relationship with him. Number one, back at it, you must have a relationship with God. <clears throat> so Jeremiah has a relationship with God, and he begins to speak to him. And what does he start with? He comforts him. And he says, look, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. Before you were born, I sanctified you. So in other words, 
There is a plan and purpose on his life. There's a plan and purpose on your life. And you see, he began to make excuses. You know, a lot of times God is telling us to do things. He's saying, hey, I've called you to do this. And you begin to go down the list of I can't do that because of I'm not educated enough. I don't have enough money. I don't have X, Y, and Z. I can't do this. I can't do that. And then you you talk yourself out of the call of God. You talk yourself out of your purpose when really God is saying, no, I know what's in you. I know what I put in you. See, it's a discovery. Before you were, or while you were in the womb, I formed you. What was he doing? He was putting gifts and talents and things in you for you to discover through relationship with him. And these things are, uh, these things are birthed out of relationship. These are things are birthed out of communicating with God through prayer, through time in the word. And, um, and God will begin to reveal them to you. How many listening to me right now, you've had a time when uh, you had a time when it was like the light bulb went off, like, oh, yeah, I'm good at this. I can do this. God's showing you, hey, you need to get involved in that. Hey, uh, I've given you a gift to speak. Hey, I've given you a gift of hospitality. These are all things that that come through that relationship. <clears throat> and so you, you, you're discovering what's in you. Thank you, brother. Praise the Lord. <clears throat> Thanks, man. And so, discovery. Now, we talked last time about the voice of God, but here I want to talk about discovering these things. Now, there's a couple indicators. These are practical things that aren't. I don't necessarily have a full scripture on, but I've noticed it through... Um, just experience. One of the indicators that you could say, you know what, how do I know what I'm called to do? I want you to think of something, you know, what really aggravates you? What makes you upset? Like, I'm not talking about upset, <laughs> like, like your spouse makes you upset or your kids make you upset. I'm talking about in general, when you, when you are in, at a place and you say, you know what, this is what needs to be done. And instead of getting critical, maybe you're getting angry about it because God has given you a solution on the inside to be that answer. I'll give you an example. When I learned, I discovered uh, soul winning. I discovered evangelism for the first time. And I actually, I was scared at first. But then once I started doing it, it's like uh, it unlocked something in me. And then I began to do it all the time. What used to aggravate me was, why aren't churches doing this? And then I began to be like, man, no one's soul winning. No one's going after the harvest. I'm listening to people say, we're praying for souls. We're going after souls. We're reaching this community, but no one was. And it would, it would aggravate me. And then I would begin to pray about it and talk to God about it and say, God, why is this the case? Because I didn't want to get critical. I don't want to be blaming other churches, talking bad about other pastors. That's wrong. That's a critical spirit. But I, I recognize, man, this is angering me. So, God, what is this? And he said, I'm, I'm birthing in you the solution to help other churches bridge the gap between evangelism. And so there it is. That's, the, that's, the, that's discovering a piece of the call of God. And so what makes you upset? Talk to God about it. Say, Lord, in the, in the body of Christ, this bothers me. You, yeah, uh, it's, it's a righteous in, indignation. Like Rhonda said, you, you begin to speak to God, not with a critical spirit. You know, some people get critical and they miss the fact that God is probably, and not probably, they miss the fact that they're the solution to the problem. A lot of people want to sit around, they want to complain, this is wrong, that's wrong, this is wrong, when really God is putting uh, his finger on that, not for you to get critical, but for you to be the answer. That's discovering. That's part of the discovering of the call of God. You know, it would help each and every one of you to, to really just, you know, talk to God about these things. It would really help. Instead of getting talking to your neighbor, talking to your friend, talking to your spouse over and over again, talk to God and say, Lord, what's, what's the deal here? And he'll, he'll begin to speak to you. Now, Romans 12, 
Now I'm going to talk about different uh, areas you could be called into because some people are like, well, I know I'm called, but what? What am I called to do? Well, I'll give you, before I read these scriptures, I'll give you three general, three very, very broad and general um, categories you could be called into. Number one is we're preachers here. We're talking about church. We're talking about Jesus. So the number one category would be you're called to ministry. You're called to ministry. So you want to write that down. What is that? Call to ministry, Ephesians chapter 4, verse 11 through 15. This is what we refer to as the fivefold ministry gifts. The Bible says Jesus himself gave gifts unto men. Jesus did. And so when I talk call to ministry, this is not every person. And honestly, it's not a few people because Bible says many are called, but few are chosen. That's one of the scriptures we could use for tonight, talking about being called. Many are called, few are chosen, because these are the people who stand in the highest office uh, when it comes to the kingdom of God besides Jesus, who are overseers of people's uh, souls and, and ministers of the word and of doctrine. And so this is not this is not a group of people who are better than anyone else. This is a this is a group of people who are called to minister the word. That's what I want you to understand. And it's okay if you're not called to minister the word. <laughs> it, does, it doesn't make you any better or any lesser. It does, it's okay. But if you are, you need to answer that call. And the Bible says this in Ephesians 4 verse 11. He, he gave gifts unto men, some to be apostles, some prophets, some evangelists, some pastors, in some teachers. So it's called the fivefold because there's five different categories. Some apostles, prophets, evangelists, pastors, and teachers, right? And so, you know, this is where if you feel this call, it's for the verse 12, it's for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. This is a special call where the Lord will begin to deal with you to go into ministry. And, uh, and eventually it will be full time. And this is a special grace that comes on people. Jesus calls people to do this. And so this is, you don't just one day get up and say, you know what? I think I'm going to be a preacher. You know what? You know, like the old preacher says, some are called, some are sent, some just bought a microphone and went, you know, so that's what some do. No, this is not a flippant thing. This is a, uh, a holy calling. This is something that should be birthed out of a relationship with God and through time of prayer. I remember um, I was already through Bible school. I mean, I was praying in Bible school. I knew I was called. God was leading me. How do you know you're called to preach? You see yourself preaching. You see yourself ministering to people. When I say see yourself, I'm talking about on the inside, as you spend time with God, as you spend time with the Lord, you see yourself doing these things uh, on your inner man. You're, you, the Holy Spirit is speaking to you. I remember even going to Bible school, finishing and feeling, you know, I, I still felt the same. I feel called, uh, but I, I was trying to go into one of the offices on my own, and I began to pray and seek God because things were not working out like they should or like I thought they should, and so I'm praying and seeking God, and then he confirmed it through time of prayer, and he told me specifically to do the work of an evangelist. Now, that is that is a holy calling, and that is... Uh, it's different for everyone. Some some have seen uh, the Lord come to them uh, through an angel, and the angel said, "You know, you're called to be a minister," and that's all they said and left. And uh, that's great. That does every call is different. <clears throat> Others just have a strong impression that that's what they're meant to do. That it's it's still all the same. It's the voice of the Holy Spirit. It's it's the relationship with God. It's it's Him pre- impressing upon you that you are called to a holy calling. And these things are not to be taken lightly. And the, the, the reason for it is, is for the equipping of the saints, for the work of ministry, for the edifying of the body of Christ. So the whole point of going into ministry is not to be like, wow, look at me. It's to, it's to edify God and it's to equip the saints, edify the saints for the work of ministry and to glorify God. That's why you're in, you're called to ministry. It's for people. It's for others, right? And so... God will uh, impress this upon you. You know, this is just one category. A second category would be 
You're called into business. You're called into business. Now, like I said, these are broad categories. And sometimes people do both. I'm not saying you can't, but what I'm, what I'm trying to impress upon people is there is a call on your life to be a part of one of these categories. What is a call to business? A call to business is where most people are at, where God has called you with a gift or a talent for um, the kingdom of God. And a lot of times it can be turned into uh, an avenue to start a business to, to then help finance the gospel. What do I mean by that? Well, this is the broad uh, call of business, which <clears throat> it also could include different talents. Like, for example, Jose is really good at taking pictures and doing video and doing stuff online and all that stuff. That is a gift that God has given him, obviously developed through training, through learning. But that's an impression that's upon him to help further the kingdom of God. That, and also, out of that, he, he's starting his own business and doing certain things with it. Why? Because your gift can be turned into helping the, fina uh, the financing of the kingdom. And not only that, but it also is helping to help the church build the church as even a volunteer or whatever. Many people have different uh, types of giftings. These giftings are what God put in you to help further the kingdom. Now, some people think, you know, why do I call it, why do I put it under the category business? Because this category uh, for many times has just been put under the category of just like a volunteer or um, a helper, which is true. You're going to be a volunteer with your gifts and talents, but God doesn't want you to just, he didn't give you a gift to just sit on the shelf and only use on a Sunday. He's giving you a gift to go out and take what the devil's children are doing and, and bring in a great harvest of finances for the harvest of souls. What do I mean by that? Well, some people are very gifted at, at baking goods or doing something in the kitchen, making food, um, you name it. Some are good at accounting. Others are good at di just different things. Now, these are all secular jobs, but imagine using your gift for the kingdom. Imagine saying, you know what? I'm going to become a kingdom business. I'm going to use my gift for the kingdom of God, and I'm going to help the fivefold ministry uh, equip the saints and bring in the harvest of souls. And so they kind of go hand in hand, but they're separate callings. Because some people... Uh, are not gifted in ministry, but they are very, very gifted in, in these areas. Another gift would be a, the gift of being hospitable and, and having a great hosp hospitality. Um, you know, there's a, a person I know who can just, you can just set a banquet hall and she can come in there and she can put the best flowers and do the color co uh, coordinating and everything and set it all up. And you know what she does? She uses that gift for the kingdom but also she's been asked to do many other events and stuff and has turned it into a business. And so you can do it for both. See, you don't have to pick one or the other. You don't have to feel bad that God has given you some type of gift and you can't use it to bring in finances because God gave you that gift and that is a call. See, we, for the body, when I say we, the body of Christ has neglected this call for a long time until recent years because... They've been told you had to be poor, you had to be broke, you can't have anything. If the world has it, stay away from it. Which, yes, there are certain things like sin and different stuff, obviously, we want to stay away from. But if you can go head-to-head -head with, with the best cook who's a sinner and you're a Christian and you're going to take that restaurant and build that restaurant business or build that corporation like Chick-fil-A and you're going to turn around and use that, those finances to help the kingdom of God, why wouldn't you do that? That is a call. That is a gift. And so that is what we're talking about tonight. You could discover, you know what? I'm so good at doing this for a reason, and it's not because you, you're just good at it, and God wants you to just be good at it and use it with your family. No, he wants you to turn around and use that to fund the gospel. Many people in times past, believe it or not, this might be news to some people, they have discovered that and did use it for the kingdom. You know, how, how many have heard of J.C. Penney? Or Colgate. You probably brush your teeth every night using Colgate toothpaste. Do you know that those two businesses 
We're born again believers who said, you know what? We're going to start businesses so that we can give 90% and, and keep 10%. So they said, you know what? We're going to live off of a tithe because they made so much money and give away 90% of what came in. That's the call I'm talking about. Now, you know, some would say, well, those are special callings. Only so many people can be, um, you know, millionaires and all that stuff. I'm not sitting here saying that every single person will be a millionaire who's called to business, but every single person will prosper if they're called to business. And if you're doing better than what you would make working a job nine to five, then praise God, that's more going into the kingdom. That's, that's why God has put you on the earth. You know, this whole, this stuff is not just here on the earth for the devil and his crowd. It shouldn't just be the secular companies, um, who are making and the sinners making all the, the, the next best thing. It should be the believers because God wants to put gifts and he has put it in people, but they've neglected the call. Do you see the connection here through relationship with God, through speaking to him? He'll give you ideas. He will he will give he will not only give you ideas, you'll discover the gift in the ideas that are already in you. And then you you begin to work with God. Do you understand what I'm saying here tonight? This is not a side calling. Both are important. So the second category of business you can, you know, many of you, I believe God has given you amazing, amazing gifts and talents, and it's time to use them for the kingdom. It's time to step out and say, you know what? We have, I have something from God and stop feeling bad about it that you're going to turn around and use it for financial gain because you're not going to use it for yourself only. If you have the right heart, if you have the right mind, then you're going to use it for the kingdom. And God is looking for people right now who he can put major finances in their hands because he knows he can get it to them to get it through them. And then you're going to only increase, increase and increase. And yes, your family's going to be blessed. I'm not saying you got to you have to give everything that you make away. That's not don't miss what I'm saying. What I'm saying is is God, like the Bible says in Deuteronomy, he has given you power to create wealth to establish what? His covenant. What's his covenant now? Our covenant is with Jesus Christ. And the covenant is between you and God and God's mission is to Preach the gospel in all the earth. And you know what? It takes finances to do it. It takes money to do it. And God empowers people to prosper so that he can get the gospel out. Period. <laughs> Amen. And how does he empower people? God doesn't want to have to move upon a sinner's heart to give to a Christian organization to get the job done. He doesn't want to have to... He doesn't want to raise up secular companies where you have to go in there every single... Uh, time we have an event and fill out some form for a donation and please donate to us. We've done that. We're not against doing that. Thank God they still do it. But at the same time, why doesn't God just put his hand and he is putting his hand on you, but you work with God and say he's put his hand on you to create wealth. And then we don't have to go to the world. We can just go to the believers and say, look, this is what we're doing. And boom, the money will come because people are operating in their call. Come on, you weren't meant uh, to sit on the sidelines. You were meant to take over. Look at Joseph, right? Joseph was called by God. He was giving him a dream, right? He had a dream that he would rule and his brothers would bow down to him. And you know what? God placed a gift on him to lead and not only to lead, but it was a it was almost like this call of business because he got to the second level in the king in the uh, the Egyptian uh, line. He was second to Pharaoh. And you know what he was doing? He was running the economy. Do you understand that? He was running the whole economy. He was business minded. He knew I needed to save all this, this, uh, grain and he stored it because of the dream God gave him. And then he used his calling. Or he used the anointing on his life, which is the call of God through his relationship with God. And he, he was used. I mean, why not other people like that? Right? Amen. I didn't even read Romans 12, verse 3 through 8, so I'm going to read it now so I can, I can continue. And there's one more category I'm going to get to here before we close. But Romans 12, 3 through 8 says, For I say through the grace of God given to me, 
to everyone who's among you not to think of himself more highly than he ought to think, but to think soberly as God has dealt to each one a measure of faith. In other words, we need to recognize everything, every gift, every talent, everything we have is from God. So don't think of it as, you know, this is what the world does. Look at me. I'm a self-made man. My, look at my business. Look at this. You only establish any of that because of what God put in you. Even sinners are discovering, man, I'm gifted at this because it's, it's God who, who, who gave him those gifts. So we need to humble ourselves and say, God, this is you doing it. Thank you for prospering us. Doesn't mean you're not going to prosper. It's just saying, hey, keep in line with who is the one who has done this for you. And then it says, for there are many members in the body, but all, but all the members do not have the same function. In other words, not all the members are preachers. Some are in business. Some are in e-commerce. Some are photographers. Some are bakers. Some are candlestick makers. Whatever you do, that's what he's, what he's saying. There's different functions. So we being many are one body in Christ and individually members of one another, having then gifts or talents differing according to the grace or the anointing that is given to us. Let us use them in prophecy. Let us prophesy in proportion to our faith for ministry. Let us use it for ministering. So that, that's ministry right there. But then it says for him who teaches and teaching, that's ministry too. But also maybe you're called to Start a school to be a preacher. Maybe you're called, you know what, instead of being like, oh my gosh, I'm tired of the secular school system. My God, it's horrible. It's wicked. Maybe you are so gifted, you could be an administrator and start your own school. It's, you know what I'm saying? That's what I'm talking about. That's what it's saying here. And then it says, he who exhorts an exhortation, he who gives with liberality. In other words, how can you be a giver if you don't have? He puts a gift of giving on those who are blessed on those who are prospering. How are you going to prosper beyond uh, the $15 an hour? You start your own business. You're, do you see the connection, the call to business? You're going to be a massive giver. How many people listening to me right now, you want to be a massive giver for the kingdom of God? Well, you're going to have to get into this realm. You're going to have to step into this calling, you know, if God is putting it upon your heart. Obviously, if you're called to ministry, stick with it. God will prosper your ministry. I mean, by the grace of God, we were able to give 20% of what came in last year, which was over $20,000. That's a, that's a, in two, in two and a half years, three years. That's the, what he's increasing the ministry. He'll do it for your ministry, but we got to stick with what we're called to do. Now, if God wants to add businesses, praise God, he will. But if it detracts from my, from ministry, then don't, don't get into it. That's, a, that's for another subject for the night. Then it goes on and says, and he in exhortation, exhortation, he who leads with diligence. So you might be called to be the CEO of a business. You might, you might rise to the top. You may not own it, but you might run it. Come on. With diligence, he shows mercy with cheerfulness. So these are different talents and giftings that are on people's lives. These are all part of the call. Because we need these people. We need anointed people in these businesses. We need people taking over the business world. We need to stop allowing the wickedness uh, to rule and reign. So that's the second category. The third category, and like I said, these are very broad, but I would say the third category is people would fit into the category of being called into government. Government. Now, not everyone, just like not everyone's called to business and not everyone's called to ministry, but not everyone. And you better pray, 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 because this is a system that is ran from wickedness. We know that. But we need godly people. How many know we need godly people all the way from the local level to the president of the United States and in whatever country you're from? We need people called into government. God is anointing people to step into these realms of government so that they can help fulfill the call of God. Why is it important that people are called into government? Because they can stand in the gap uh, with legislator and with um, debates and standing for godliness and righteousness. If we let all wicked people just continue to run, it's over. But God is raising people up and you got to feel the call and you got to stick with God. And this is why I started out with 
the number one thing you have to have is a relationship with God because you step into this area, you better have a relationship with God. You better be close to God. But you know what? We have examples in the Bible of people who were able to do it. Do you know that when we read about David, David was a king. David was called into government, and he was the man after God's own heart. Yes, we know he was also a prophet and a priest, but he was called as a king. He was, he was in that anointing for government, and he ran it well, and he did well. Solomon, the same. I mean, he had his issues, but he was the wealthiest man, the wisest man on the earth. He was called into government. Then you read about Daniel, the great prophet. He was called in government, too. This is not like a, we think of it as, oh, would God really call somebody into the government of the United States? Well, yeah, he called people into the government through the Bible. They were called to stand in the gap. So there's people getting raised up, and we need people to stand in there like, like David did and others, and especially to stand for righteousness. I mean, we got to have people standing for the freedom of speech so that the gospel can continue to be preached. You know, how many people did not answer that call? And then things went uh, the way they shouldn't. We had to have it. And so how do you know you're called to that? It's because God burns it in your heart. It's like you have to step in. You have to stand up. You have to go. You have to do it. That's how you know. I mean, there's, a, there's an overwhelming desire. You know, this is the call of Jeremiah. If you fast forward through the Bible to the, to the scripture that says he tried to be quiet. The Bible says that God touched his mouth and put his words in his mouth. And there was a time where Jeremiah said, I want to quit. I want to give up. I don't want to do this any longer. Because people who get called into government, there's going to be times, actually any of these places, you get called into business, government, and especially ministry, you're going to have times where you want to quit, you want to give up, you want to fold it, uh, throw in the towel. But you know what? There'll be a fire that is shut up in your bones. You, you just feel like, I have to do this or else. That's how you know you're called and you're doing what you're supposed to do. I mean, I'll tell you right now, and you, be, you better feel this when you get into government. You better. And, and it's, it, you know, when I say government, some people think, well, you know, I, I don't know if I'll ever be president. I'm not talking about being president. What about being the mayor of your city? What about being on the school board? I mean, how many people need to be in the school board who's godly? My goodness. Are we going to sit around and share... Uh, our frustrations on a TikTok comment and get angry with all the other moms and dads? Are we going to go into the school board and actually run and get on the board and then make some changes? That's a call of God. <laughs> Come on. We got to stop thinking, oh, man, I got to be on the Senate or the Congress, and we need people there. You better believe it. We will, and God will take care of that. But what about the school boards? What about city council? What about being a mayor? What about these lower levels where we can make change right now in our communities? That's a call of God. That's how this thing will work. And so God is putting it on some of y'all heart to go into the school board and run and be on the board. And you've hesitated and you've waited. And this is your reminder by the Lord. It's time to get in there. And it's time to, to, to run. Put your name on the ballot and let God use you. Come on. We can't say, you know, this is the, the thing about the call of God. It, it always moves you to action. It will always move you to action. You can't be called to ministry and just, ah, oh, you know, uh, one day I'll preach. No, you'll, be, you'll have a fire shut up in your bones that you can't help. And if you can't, if you have nowhere to preach, you'll go find somebody on the sidewalk or you go find the homeless community and you'll preach to them because it's in you. It's shut up in you. The same is true with government. Quit, quit suppressing the call and just answer the call. You answer it. How do you answer it? You say, yes, Lord, and you pray a prayer of consecration, which we're going to pray before we close tonight, which is, I'll go where you want me to go. I'll do what you want me to do. I'll be who you want me to be because every single position matters. Every single position in the kingdom of God is vital. I don't care if you're a mechanic. I don't care if you're a business owner. I don't care if you're a teacher at a high school. I don't care if you feel called to be a baker or you're a a prophet or a pastor or an evangelist, each position is vital that you say yes, especially the government area because God wants to raise people up and he is raising people up and it's in you. Look, I'll read it one more time. We're going to pray. It says, before I formed you in the womb, I knew you. That means before you were even formed, 
Everything that God has put in you to fulfill the call of God in your life was already in you. And you discover it through the person of the Holy Spirit and, and through relationship with God and then taking action once you know. Now, this you, you don't just... This stuff is all taken to prayer. So when you start feeling and sensing in your spirit, you're called to do something. Don't just, I'm talking about being quick to act, which you should be, but you should take time and pray. And you should say, Lord, after tonight, some of y'all are getting stirred up. Some of y'all are feeling like you need to do something. Take three days, begin to pray about it. And if you still feel as stirred up, and I don't, I'm not talking about flesh feeling. I'm talking about in your spirit, you're still stirred up when you think about it. Take some action. Begin to move. Begin to make changes. If you're called to ministry and you don't have any training, you need to get some training. You need to go somewhere. You need to get uh, proper, sound doctrine. And there's very few people who have just said, you know, I didn't need Bible school and, and made it successfully. No, you need to get trained. And if you need somewhere to get trained, I'll give you, I, I, I we'll give you a scholarship to Tampa, Florida. And you can go full full ride. We'll give you a scholarship. But many others, you feel called to business and it's put it on your heart. I got to do something with it. Then you need to start searching out. How do I get How do I get established? How do I get uh, my uh, license or whatever you need a license or your certification with the state or you need to start a website or whatever you need to do, you need to take action. And then government, you need to say, you know what? If you still feel stirred up and you need to answer the call of God, then you need to say, you know what, how do I get on the ballot before twenty before November? How do you get on the ballot now? It can you get on the ballot? You need to ask these questions. You need to say, you know what? Is there any seats open on the school board? I need to get on the school board. I need to do what God's telling me to do. And then you take those actions. So it all starts though with consecrating yourself to the Lord in just answering and saying, Yes, Lord. So what I want to do is I want you just to say this prayer with me. And I want you to truly believe it in your heart. I want you to believe this when we say it. This is called a prayer of consecration. So say this out loud and believe it in your heart. Say, Father, I come to you in the name of Jesus. Lord, I will go where you want me to go. I will do what you want me to do. I will be who you want me to be, not my will, but thine be done. I'm yours, you're my Lord, and I'm your servant. Here am I, send me. Amen. If you meant that with your heart, I'm telling you right now, God's going to begin to move. He's going to begin to speak, and then you know you're going to have to take some action. Because if you meant that, then he's saying, that's someone who I can use. Amen? How many got something out of this here this evening? I know I did. And uh, I believe uh, you're going to step into it. And as you move, and this is going to help some of you, because some of you are thinking, how is how am I ever going to make it? How am I, How is God going to provide? You know, how am I going to pay for this, all that? Forget all that. If God's telling you to do it, then just take the steps, and where there is vision, there'll be provision. He will make a way where there is no way. He will. You may not see it all boom like that, but I'm telling you, every step along the way, God will provide. Amen? Amen. So we want to give you an opportunity here tonight to activate your faith financially and, and to partner with the ministry. We're, we're believing God for 1,000 partners to stand with us to populate heaven and plunder hell. And many of y'all, maybe you have a business or maybe you're going to start up a business. This would be a good time to sow a seed for your future business or your current business and say, Lord, I'm putting this seed into the ground for a harvest of souls. And I'm going to prove to you that I'm going to be a kingdom business person. Amen. Or maybe you're whatever you're believing God for. So there's the different ways to give. They'll put it up on the screen. You can see uh, the QR code there, you can scan that or go to zanerministries.com forward slash give. And that will give you all the different ways of how you can give. And then there's PayPal, Venmo, Zelle, Cash App, all the different ways on the screen. And just do something. Obey the Lord in your giving. Maybe it's maybe you say, you know what, I can I can partner at $25 a month. I can do $50 a month, $75. 100, whatever level you're at, and just 
Partner with us monthly. We're going after souls. We have seven outreaches that we have uh, on the on the books right now. Seven outreaches, seven states. And if the Lord wants to add more, then He'll open the door. Right now, I think that's I think that's pretty good. And when I say outreaches, we're going to believe God for a minimum of of a hundred souls at each place. That's seven hundred souls. You're sowing into salvations. Amen. Maybe somebody you say, you know what? I'd love to just finance one of those outreaches that you're doing. Well, sow a seed. You can sow a seed. It'll be about five to ten thousand dollars per outreach, depending on the reach that we're going to do. So you can mail in a check for five thousand dollars. You can do so. P.O. Box one two five Copley PA one eight zero three seven. You can say, you know what? I want to do. I want to help fund two of them or three of them or whatever. Whatever the Lord is putting on your heart. Many people are blessed, and you know, many people maybe you didn't recognize that you have a business for the purpose of the kingdom. You know what? Sow a seed and say, Lord, here I am. I'm going to be used. And watch how it just explodes because you're walking in your purpose. You're walking in your calling. Amen. Others, you just uh, obey God, you know, whatever level you're at, just obey him and God will bless you. Amen. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. March 2nd is our first one, Lufkin, Texas. We're going to be preaching, and we're believing God for a great harvest, and we're also doing services. So this is uh, going to be a unique one where we're doing services every single night, and then midday Saturday, we're going, we're leaving the church and going out in the community, and so you'll see results here in the next couple of weeks. We'll post that, keep you on in the loop, and if you'd like to have a live result or live text updates while we're on the road, you can text Z-Team to 610-936-8464 and you'll get updates as we travel. Amen. Hallelujah. Well, we are super thankful that you joined us tonight. Thank you, Rhonda. God bless you. Nida, Noah, if you're still on Instagram. Love you, brother. I think I saw Dawn on. God bless. Thank you to all of our partners who stand with us. We love you guys. Tuesday and Thursday next week, 8 p.m. Eastern time. Don't miss it. We'll be live back here in the studio. We love you guys. God bless you. Hope you have a phenomenal weekend, and we will see you then. Thank you for listening to the Zayner Ministries podcast. Please consider becoming a monthly covenant partner with us. We're asking God for 100 people to stand with us financially as we continue to win the lost in America. Go to ZanerMinistries.com and click on the Give Now button and become a monthly covenant partner today.